0: hey everybody this is brian
1: hey and this is josh
0: and this is part two of the analog constructs revisited
1: we were talking we ended up on we were actually going to a different place which is why we thought we kind of put a comma let's just move on let you guys think about that last thing analog constructs and brian was talking about for example a turing test and i brought in like the uncanny divide which is that idea that for example, if we create like a robot or a, something that's like human, if it looks too human, it's very disturbing to people. And that's the uncanny divide. But Brian's going to go into more of a Turing test thing, I think, right now.
0: Well, I, I like the whole, the whole piece of it because there's, again, we we can touch something and we can know it's real. Like, so for, like, mm-hmm. if you look at a picture of a desk. You say, oh, that's a cool desk. And then when you see it in person, you're like, oh, wait a minute, That's plastic. And it's like, right. how do you know? It's like, maybe there's a smell coming off of it. It might even look convincing or you touch the wood. Like my grandpa could look like, oh, that's a beautiful piece of red cedar. That's a beautiful piece of like white yeah. oak. Yeah. And he could just see it. And I'm like, oh, how did you know that? Or he would touch it and he would knock on it. He'd listen to it and go like, oh, that's what this is. I'm like, you yeah. know, that's pretty remarkable. I'm not as good at picking out tree species. I'm one of those guys that sees a forest and I see tree, tree, <laughs> tree. I probably should I got get a little better, better at, that, at it. But. I
1: got a little better at it because my grandfather owned a lumber mill. so we were ending trees' lives, so we were kind of, <laughs> we were kind of like, we kind of like understood the difference between, you know, like paneling brands, like paneling kind of trees, hemlock, cedar, even though they look similar, we kind of learned that, just my own experiences. And I think probably your grandfather had that, you know, those experiences too where that was a real kind of thing of the past. I think now you would go to the store and you go to Home Depot and you just get wood, you know? Right.
0: we think about the modern conveniences where like you had to go cut your own tree and do it. Now it's like at home Depot or, you know, if with uh, uh, current lumber shortage it's not at home Depot. (laughs) Right. Right. Or if it's there,
1: it's three times the cost, you know?
0: Yeah. I think what, what people realize is that like, just because you can look for it or find a place that sells, it doesn't mean it's there. There's whole things that happen along the way with supply chain and how things actually get to market, get pulled in, at that point, it doesn't matter what type of inventory the website says it has. Right. <laughs> There's still got to be people out in the field ending trees' lives, like Josh did. Right. right. To make it work. Right. Um, And it's like, so. It's
1: like when you see, like at the grocery store, you see a whole thing full of meat. I mean, you know, yeah. I don't see the whole process. I see the end part of it, which I'm just happy to see because <laughs> I, I don't really want to think too hard, but it's delicious. So, you know. That's the problem I got.
0: <laughs> <laughs> human beings need nourishment. I'll, I'll use that to kind of go back to the uncanny. Uh, yeah, un- go, yeah we'll pull
1: pack. it back. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think human beings don't like to be deceived. And when they, when they realize that they've been deceived, they're like, wait a minute. Like, that's, you've been lying to me? And like, they feel that because they, they have been trained and their body's like, I need to see it. Can I feel it? Can I perceive yeah. it somehow? And then you see something go, that wasn't real one of the craziest things, Josh, is the, um, like this, I forget the name of the website. It's one of those websites where I said like, this person isn't real and it's all computer generated people. Right. And it just takes characteristics of other people though. It had to have some reference. It makes a person. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's one of the craziest things. And you just, I've hit refresh like five times. Like that is not a real person. When you have a digital representation of anything, right? Like this is how you store things like a library or a bookshelf, or you have interactions like even with like chatbots like you have like for customer service things yeah. right and i actually do appreciate those now it took me a while to warm up to but quite honestly just because i felt like the technology for a while was very flat but it actually is pretty rich but there's always those questions of like i need to talk to a person right you know it's like the difference of like when you ask like how do i do something that's kind of the question that comes from you know i type into google how do i do this blah 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 But when you're interacting with people, you ask, who do I talk to to get access to this? Who do I talk to to get this answer, right? It's a person-driven thing. And the digital piece by itself is a how and a what. And it's a
1: depersonalization in the very construct itself. Well, it has to be because the digital representation has no soul, for example. like has no, the je ne sais quoi that is a person, right? Yeah. And so it doesn't impart any of that stuff. Like when I talk to Brian or Brian talks to me or we talk to other people and you do, everybody does this we have certain idiosyncrasies about ourselves that we say or there's a word we say at the time or we say something wrong or we have accents we have different ways of speaking it makes it that that connection right now a digital representation of that connection it's not really that connection like the way i speak and talk and i deliver has been a product of my you know 42 years of living right mhm and even though that this could this digital construct could be like oh yeah i can reproduce that maybe the kind of cadence of my voice and the things like that you know there's like we make fun of actors like you know william shatner because he's got the shatner pause and stuff but you know it's him right and you know that kind of thing that was makes him unique so i think when we are looking at digital representations of things as humans, we're always saying what's unique about this. And when there's nothing unique, when it's just the process, it's very flat, like you said, and it's just kind of, it's very cold. It doesn't seem like we want to interact with that.
0: So in in context to, you know, do it, am I convinced that this machine is a human being? Do we and you're talking about these things. Do we feel like as, as people that our uniqueness becomes erased or diminished right. because we've somehow now had the ability to systematize some percentage of the human experience.
1: Right. You know, I mean like, so right. that's a whole, was, that's a conversation and that's what we're having. Like the Turing test thing or the, you know, the uncanny divide that is the conversation, right? Does the uniqueness of being human override the efficiency of digital? Hmm. I mean, does it? I I think so.
0: Yeah. Because for me, it's a great question.
1: For me, it's more important to be, I don't care if you're perfect. I just want to be, have the connection with you, right? Like Brian and I, we always say this to people. Look, it's not about the end result, even though it is, but it's not, right? We want to know you. We want to know what you do. We're interested in you as a human being, the entire package of you. Like, what do you do for fun? Like, you have kids. Do you, you know... Do you like to travel? Like, there's certain things people do, but like a digital construct, or if even if you created an Android and shoved a computer in there, right? What do you like to do? Well, what? Well, there's really nothing I like because I can't really feel that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it really boils down to emotions, right?
0: Right. So uh, let me let me riff on this a little bit. So for those of you. Even if you weren't ever a Star Trek fan, you probably know the characters enough just because they're part of the, the culture of, of, kind of now. Kind zeitgeist, yeah. Yeah. Well, so one of Josh and Mai's favorite characters on Star Trek The Next Generation is Lieutenant Commander Data, played masterfully by Brent Spiner. Yeah. And when I've, you know, I watch these things now. And you get going, it on a different level, right? You get it on a different level. Yeah. And you realize, so we'll give you a little li- li- history on Brent Spiner. He was a mime before. And so- he was very good at like doing a lot of nonverbal things to give cues to his audience, like what's going on, right? And uh, in an interview where I was like at a Star Trek convention or some sci-fi convention thing, he had said that he his goal was to play Data, the character. Now, Data is an android. So the, the story of Data is that he is an android, I mean, an artificial life form in the shape of a human being, but not a human being, completely artificial. And his creator, Dr. Noonien Sung was, uh, like the, the human guy, right. That came up with this idea and he, he took the positronic matrix. So that's his brain. I think that was borrowed from Asimov. I think from the fifties, right? Yeah. So it's like, Hey, we figured out how to duplicate the human brain in an artificial format. We're going to shove it in a body. There it is. Brent Spiner said he always played the part emotionally flat, emotionless. He said, my goal basically was to always get the audience to put their emotion onto that character. You know, and some of the episodes where you felt the most emotion around this character were like when he tried to create a daughter called Lal, Right. And when, at the end of the episode, when he could not stabilize her Positroni matrix, she, you know, the, the artificial life form Effectively died.
1: Right. Effectively right. died. Right.
0: And you're feeling this. And when you rewatch the episode again, it's like going, oh my gosh, he totally played it flat and you're reading that emotion around him. Right. Because in order to make him it's a human playing an artificial life form, but in order to give him human characteristics, you you're putting that on him. Now later in later shows, he gets an emotion chip. So It's probably getting too nerdy for people. Right yeah, now, it's um, but you see that, and it's funny when the funny thing about that whole thing is his, him trying to understand humans. It's like why this doesn't make sense. It's like we're well, right; it doesn't make sense. It's human. Or here's like a little bitty thing of how I turn my head, and this makes me seem a little bit more relatable. And it's always trying to get people back to the comfort of going like see, I'm just like you. I'm an, I'm an organic being. <laughs> right. There's no reason to distrust me, you know? Yeah. And it, make, it makes me wonder, like, from the creator standpoint, so, like, anything artificial like that or anything digital came from an analog person. Correct. Right? It, yeah. You can always trace back the foundations. Well, it has to
1: at this point because we don't have digital beings that can create digital beings.
0: Right. But even so you trace the lineage all the way back. If there was like an ancestry.com for tech and services and things, there's a, there's a dude or a dudette or a person right there waiting to like do something and they do something. And then there's generations. And so Josh and I have always been proponents of understanding where did this actually start? Because at that point, then it helps you understand the context by which it grew up or where it is in the tech world's called fork where, you might have the same platform, and they go in two different directions, right? right? Once you understand those generations, you now begin to go like, okay, now I get how it got here, and I understand now like, what well, here's what this was, here's what that was, and there's a novelty look too. But as creators who've created something, we know that this is only this is only as good as it as its creators. Now I might be able to do something quicker, you know. I'm glad like a computer can crunch through however many calculations a oh, second. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, it's great. It's a great tool, right?
0: Right. But it's not the lead. And I think when we feel as human beings that the tool has superseded the creator, we start to get uncomfortable because there's a power dynamic that's happening there.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. The power dynamic is is another point of being human. Right. Like we always are thinking like something we create. Like a car, like a car doesn't tell me where to go. I tell where the I tell the car where to go. Right yeah. now we're getting to the point with self-driving cars, but at the same time, I still tell it where to go. It's not yeah. telling me like, oh, you know what, this is better. Go here, do this. I I just don't get up in the morning, and go in my car. It goes, oh, Josh, you're going here today. You know, I tell it where to go. <laughs> like, even at that point, like, I know where it goes. So, I think it's about control a little bit, but it's also about because we do have control over our own our own destiny, and we should, you know, as, as humans, we we should decide what we're doing for a living, if anything. Because some people just decide not to do anything, which is hey, that's a totally valid choice. Um, not that I'm gonna help you out in that choice, but that's a totally valid choice. <laughs> but you have for the them. freedom to make that you choice. You have the freedom to make that choice. That's a great part about just having the choice, right? Yeah. So I don't know if we're ever gonna to come to the point where, you know, like a digital construct that we create has a choice. I don't know. Because at that point, like like what if we actually created something that was technically quote unquote alive, right? Like what would we what would that be? Like what would that do? You know yeah. would that like just blow our minds?
0: would we want it to look human right? you know if it had those things so you know one of the great minds of the twentieth century was uh Stephen Hawking, and his body through a l s just got failed. absolutely yeah. ravaged, yeah, it yeah. failed and it makes you wonder like if you could put something a brain like that into a digital construct, right? If you watch the Marvel movies and you saw cap, the second captain America, uh, the winter soldier one, you see how the scientist kind of put his brain on all these tapes in this giant room. And so it's like, you know, listening to questions, it's able to respond. I kind of liked how that looked because it was like, uh, this is the technology of this and it's giving this kind of answer back. But the thing is that it's still not the person, but what if there's now we're talking about the blending of tech and human beings, that's kind of leading to a different... Now you're blending the two, but, like, it's... Um, you you're kind of going
1: the Elon Musk route because he believes that we're going to have, like a, like, a wet wiring. Like, we're going to have computer chips installed in our brain in the next, like, 100 years.
0: It's very possible. Yeah. Especially he, for
1: people with, like, a disability. Like, I could see where, like, if I can't walk and we could just replace this part of your brain that's damaged, well, now you can walk again.
0: That's pretty remarkable. Right. Right. Uh, but you also see that with the piece of anal- with this piece of it there are there's a whole branch of science ethics yes when you so this is kind of the funny thing like science is the best answer that we have to explain something right now and science is always hopefully we're getting better at science <laughs> we're getting better I hope
1: so yeah you
0: know it never answers the the
1: why the eth- question the ethical questions yes it does a little bit but it doesn't really science is always in search of answers. And it takes ethics and usually just beats damned with it, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of the, that's the question, right? Is this ethical to do?
0: And th- that's something that a machine can't answer. <laughs> no, that's a human right?
1: being question.
0: Yeah. And there's an application of the innovation, right? Like, is yeah. it good that we can communicate, like I can send an email and for like, you know, no cost to me if it's a free email account. Go send it somewhere, and like you, Josh picks it up and goes, Hey, that's really cool, blah, 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 and responds back. That's cool. But what if it, you're emailing something that was malicious that was designed to take somebody's computer down? What if it was something where, you know, there's nefarious information flying back and forth? Like the medium itself is not, it's amoral. There's like no moral importance on Correct. this particular tool, but people then use these tools for it. And so I think at, at, at some point you start to look at any type of innovation, even if it's like a mechanical innovation, like what are the things, what kind of leverage does this give somebody? And do I trust the person operating the thing for leverage? And there's a whole other conversation around those type of things, but just think about just as a topic, not even where you stand personally, but think about the topics of firearms in the United States, right? There's a whole lot yeah. of conversation around that. Now that's a mechanical thing, right? That's not like a digital thing. That's actually like a mechanical right. thing. Right. And so many conversations all around the topic about the use of it. Who has it? Who doesn't have it? Who Who's should po- get it? Yeah,
1: exactly. It's, it's, yeah. it's a multifaceted question, and that's kind of what this is. And I think with this this couple of episodes that we've done, I think we just wanted to present to you maybe some different perspectives on it and maybe frame the question a little bit because the question really is, is this like a good thing, you know? the analog foundations of our lives are great and we always want that but do we always want to be pushing towards the digital representation of that
0: and i'll add to that how familiar are you with the analog foundations that still hold up parts of your world like your banking or like right. you know how you communicate or like all those different going kinds of things going out to meet
1: somebody for lunch that kind of stuff like how much of that stuff have we actually done right or how 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 well are versed are you in that kind of stuff anymore especially how, with the last year or so you know
0: yeah and did you assume that there was certain durability in some of the things that you just put your faith in i mean like you look at like some of the fragility of like the power grid or yeah the age of some bridges like you trust these things but have should you should you trust these things it's not i'm not saying people are trying to make it go no. bad but sometimes it, like there's hackers or things that happen and it's like oh that just happened are we Prepared to deal with that? Are we going to be so shocked, be so flat footed that we can't deal with those types of changes because we've become so dependent on tools that we don't actually know how to operate as human
1: beings? I totally agree, Brian. Let's put a comma and let, let everybody think about it. And we'd love to hear what people think about this. If you guys want us to riff more on this topic, if you have some questions, send them in.
0: Questions are always good. And this conversation can continue on in another another form and another time yeah (laughs) sorry that sounded cheesy but until next time thank you for bearing with us folks this is Brian (laughs) and this is Josh for Curiosity Continuum (music)
1: Thank you.